Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Um, first of all, I would like to say on behalf of COAS team that we are very glad of being part of this edition of 154 Contemporary African Art Fair. Um, and uh, we really hope that this is just the beginning of a long path of partnerships and contributions between us. Um, my name is Iggy. I am um, the whole uh, founder and uh, CEO. And also I am the twin sister of Iggy Lola Yedun, the artist, <laughs> which actually is the same person. <laughs> and uh, just to make a small recap about uh, what HOA is, um, it is started in 2018 as um, artist studio shared space and also some situationist interventions that we use it to do um, in Brazilian art institutions. Then last year, when the pandemic arrived, I just realized um, the huge gap that exists between Black artists and the national art market, the Brazilian art market. And um, I decided to get my previous background on business, um, communication, and luxury industries and uh, create a gallery by my own. So uh, here today, we have um, two very important and inspirational figures from Hoa's path, um, Tiago and Carolina. And uh, we will discuss and share with you a little bit about our stunning Afro-Brazil in this super event on your Zoom. And um, yes, so Carolina Laureano, researcher and curator of 13th Mercosul Biennale. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome, Carolina. Thank you, Iggy. Thank you for this inviting. I'm so excited to be here and talk about our uh, Brazilian Afro art. And thank you. And Tiago de Paula, researcher and curator of Trianon de São Paulo. Thank you so much for being here, Tiago. Welcome. Hey, Iggy. Hey, Carol. And hey, everyone who joined us this afternoon. Uh, I'm quite excited. Uh, I've been following Ho, I've been following Ig's work and everyone who's around her for the past, I guess, few years. Uh, and I have also collaborated with some of the artists that are part of her gallery. I have also collaborated with Carolina in some other situations. And it feels like we are, I don't know, at a bar uh, organizing the next steps uh yeah next collaboration so it's kind of like a pleasure to be here with you today yes so it was four years actually i think 2017 Thiago, in that melissa project yes it's true that's true yeah. okay well yeah. yeah it's been a long time already so carolina and tiago both with an accent <laughs> straight to the point what is Afro-Brazilian art? And how can we define one of the most important art movements in Latin America? 
Who starts? Who starts? Carol, uh, let's always follow like alphabetic order. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I know it's a hard question. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a very hard question because uh, I'm thinking about since he, uh, we cast we question us after and. So the question of the emergence of so-called uh, black or of Brazilian art can be assessed as long as one studies Africa. So um, for me, it's about to study Africa and its art and its history related to the export of craftsmen who developed new models influenced at some level with their own maternal base and their subsidies miscegenated with the Iberians and Indians, a group with which this craftsman reformulated the design, art and technology, technology sorry, uh, of uh, uh, under construction Brazil. So uh, I'm think, thinking about uh, uh, Brazilian Afro art is thinking uh, for me, thinking about the past and the future. So, in main lines for me, it's it. Mm -hmm. Thiago? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I agree and follow what Carol just, just presented, just, just mentioned. There's there's a there's a thesis by the curator and anthropologist like Elio Menezes, like that most of you might be also familiar to his work. He was one of the co-curators of his uh, of Atlantic histories, and uh, I'm not mistaken, like three or four years ago, like around the same time when uh, Egan and I first collaborated, he he published his thesis that is called I even wrote down the name, the visible and hidden. The construction of Afro-Brazilian art, and it's like it's it's like a great text, you know, because it's an endless effort. Because like I mean, he, he starts like a, a an, like an endless conversation, like reading back years and years and centuries and centuries of what could be Afro-Brazilian art, and uh, and of course, I mean, he presents us some possible definitions, but what is probably the most interesting in the text. Uh, in his thesis, is that it is still a, a quite open concept. You know, of course, one can trace it back from the influence of African uh, people who arrived in Brazil. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's quite tricky to try to answer what it is, you know. And so I, I guess from my side, I would say that... Uh, and again, I'm definitely not one specialist in what one might call African Brazilian art or like or black art, but I would say that I'm more interested in what black artists can do than in defining exactly what are they what they are doing, you know. Uh, and so I, I'm trying to follow and like I mean I've, I'm close to most of this, to several of these people. And uh, I'm interested in what they can produce, what their objects or what their works do, what their practice, how their practice reorganize uh, the system. Because I think it's, it's a truly complicated effort to try to define it. 
Uh, although I, I follow everything that my fellow colleagues have presented, like, I mean, have studied, and, but I think it's a crazy, yeah, it's quite complicated to try to define or to say what it is, because then we have to, I, I think we can say what it's not, maybe, it might be easier. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it might be easier. Yeah, this is something that's interesting to, to hear from you, Tiago, because um, the concept of definition needs some historical background to know it. No? And then we, we, we know that the Afro-Brazilian art or art made by African descendants, like whatever you want to call it, had a huge um, um, history of invisibilization in the art system. Women like institutionally or even in the market. So, but when you look at the Brazilian art itself, the Brazilian contemporary art, for me, in my perspective, we can't deny the African presence on it. How do how how do you see like how you both see this identity as part of uh, our previous DNA, our ancestry? I mean, how 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 you see this? Brazilian identity with and without the African presence? I, I can I, I can start uh, maybe kind of following my previous answer. Uh, I mean, it's undeni undeniable uh, that the presence of African people or like our heritage or what we even reinvented or like a, what we understand as African tradition has been reinvented or invented also here in Brazil in the, in the diaspora. So I think it, no one would ever be able to deny it, of course. I mean, it is kind of like, yeah, undeniable. Uh, I guess it, it's in, interests me a lot how the presence of black artists like, I mean, this new organization or this new dynamic of like black artists or artists, uh, like black, brown, uh, Afro-Brazilian artists in the contemporary art scene. I think it's quite interesting. It's quite fascinating. And it might also make one wonder if they were not here before. And of course, we know they were here before. I mean, we could go back, I don't know, to the 60s and we can think about Maria Auxiliadora or, uh, we can think about Rubén Valentin. We can, I mean, there are several other names who are here. And I, and now I guess get going closer to your question, Iggy, what also interests me is to try to understand what happens uh, or what sort of mechanism is that that keeps erasing those legacies. You know, I mean, why aren't we all familiarized with Maria Auxiliadora's work? What happened at a certain moment that her production was discontinued, you know? Uh, I mean, especially in the 60s that she, she quite circulated in, in several exhibitions like here in Brazil or in some European countries. But uh, of course she died young and that also meant something, but uh, why weren't we so familiar with her? Or why aren't we familiar with some artists like Heitor dos Prazeres, for example, who was like almost like a modernist, wasn't the first edition of uh, Biennale de São Paulo. Uh, why is, isn't he part of the canon, just like some other modernists? 
I think this is kind of the questions that, uh, that I carry with me. And in a way, we know the answer. I mean, we know that the erasure of these people, of these artists is connected, deeply connected to the same erasure and violence that kills uh, black people every day in the country. Uh, but I wonder now how our generation can try to uh, break this logic or reorganize this dynamic. You know, what, what are the conditions that we need to create? What is the work we need to do to, to avoid that the ones that comes after us and even ourselves uh, have to deal with the same fate that the ones that came before us had too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. Carolina, you would like to add something? Um, uh, I totally agree with uh, Thiago's point of view. And uh, I think it's because we are our here uh, to discussing here. And so I'm, I'm speaking about it. I'm, I'm interested uh, to know about how do you think he, Hoa in this in this scenario, yeah, <laughs> yeah because uh, I think it's 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 important to to us here to understand uh, how do you think uh, it's not do you think but uh, do you uh, I, sorry I forgot the, <laughs> the word but. Uh, do you think to, to, to position the whole, uh, not only in Brazil, but in the whole world? <laughs> because I think you three is thinking um, internationally. Mm -hmm. So uh, I speak uh, at my previous question because uh, think a Brazilian art, Afro-Brazilian art, is think about the future. And for me, Hoa is the future now. So I, I would like to, yeah. to hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, at Hoa, we are uh, peacefully quite ambitious. <laughs> but but um, I think that first of all, the main idea of it, when you think like internationally and globally, is to create more connections between the largest diaspora in the world, African diaspora in the world, with the global African art market. Because we have, of course, we have so much in common, but um, what's happened with us during like the past, uh, the last 500 years, was so hard in terms of uh, cultural genocide, um, in terms of uh, um, all this type of oppressions of techniques, tastes, styles, names, celebrities, great artists, bad artists. I mean, the, the invisibilization process was so huge that when I look at Hoa, I think about how can, how, how can we do something that will not be erased by this white system, by this racist system. 
how can I do something that can provide to the artists um, a possibility of uh, continuation? I mean, like as Tiago said, like um, Maria uh, Auxiliadora, who was like a great painter, a great artist, like her work just disappeared off the public eye, you know? And I really don't want that our generation of artists will be like in the same, um, I don't know, in the same secret space of something that anyone knows and anyone discusses about and anyone shares with the other people. So I think that I see that as a mission. And for me, that mission, it's about to create connections between the global art, art market with our national art, art market and then provide another perspective of something that it's very, very, very important to understand um, the whole movement of black art in the world, you know, because when I look at it, I see a lot of USA, a lot of African countries and Europe. And then I say, okay, but what about us? I mean, how many people knows that we are here, that we are producing what we do as black artists as well. And uh, how many people knows that Tarsila do Amaral was not black? I mean, or all these famous white artists, um, Brazilian white artists who are producing, um, not producing racialized art, but who are like um, drawing and painting racialized bodies in their artworks. How people knows that those people are not racialized, that those people are not black, that this is a case of appropriation and, 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 and not something genuine. So yeah, I think Hoa is about that. I just got a, a little bit lost in the words, but Hoa is about that. It's about to, to, to build a path to, 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 to give us what is from us. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I think you understand. And, uh, and uh, yes, and this, this, for me, yeah, the most hard thing is that, that specific, um, logic of uh, seeing uh, white Brazilians being recognized in the world and black Brazilians being invisibilized. I mean, like, yeah. I, I want to follow what you, um, you just presented that is uh, it's quite interesting. Like, I mean, uh, in a way, when you say that uh, you want to connect the like black and brown artists produced in, in Brazil uh, with artists, with another artist from, uh, with another black artist from the diaspora or from the African continent as well. It's quite interesting because it might also help us to remind some forgotten connections and also allow you and Hoa to figure out different possibilities of sustainability that are not confined to the Brazilian circuit. You know, I mean, what are the other ways of finding funding or to make your gallery sustainable in different space, in different spheres? Like, I mean, uh, how can you create like alliances or bridges with the market in the US or with the market in UK, with the market in West Africa or with like, I mean, 
how uh, in a certain way how can you uh, plant seeds and, and and create this different sort of like connections but I was also curious to hear more what can at the moment what can you do or how can you uh, support the artists that you are working with you know uh, like I mean what was the first step from Hoa, because we also know that most of the artists that you're working with, uh, they don't come from from middle class or uh, upper middle class background. You know, I mean, some people that are really, uh, they're low, low income people or they're working class people or people who don't know if they're gonna get the money to pay their rent. Uh, and so, how, But at the same time, I know that Hua is struggling also, you know, to, to pave ways. And so I, I'm kind of interested in understanding how do you balance or like, I mean, how do you find the balance mm -mm. if you do? I'm finding that. I'm gonna find this balance. Yeah, I, th I think... I think, yeah, this is something that it's important to discuss when you are talking with um, a global audience is that um, the connections between class and race in Brazil. Because when you go to Europe, uh, the class subjects not, not always are connected to the race subjects. I mean, of course, that we have a lot of immigration and people from Africa who don't have like social conditions to live in Europe. We know all these stories here. But when you are discussing in the artist sphere, um, It's not everyone that consider the class subject and the class problem inside a race problem. When you look at to, to, to the Brazil and then you look to a white dominated art system, you understand immediately that uh, unfortunately being a black artist, it's the same thing of being a poor artist. I mean, like, Uh, because this is bigger than the, the, the fact of doing art or something. I mean, people, as you said, like most of the artists that I work do not, do not have access to universities. Um, they don't live um, in, in good um, housing conditions. I mean, there is a lot of basic bases that are very um, urgent in, in our group of artists, in this generation of artists. And then when I look at that, I think about something that actually I'm overthinking about it, which is like a type of uh, endorsing collectionism. Uh, I think this word does do not exist. I mean, we, we, we Brazilians invent, invent a lot of isms for a lot of words, sorry, but uh, endorsing collectionism, which means when you are collecting a black artist from Brazil, We, you are not just getting a beautiful painting and put and putting it in your house or in your institution or just being connected with this research. When you collect um, an artwork from a black artist in Brazil, you are endorsing their life. You are helping them to give more conditions to their family, to their selves, to produce more work, to develop better their own research. You were actually saving lives. I mean, I, I, I don't like like the savior slogan, but this is something that it's that people should know that uh, 
um, collecting black artists from Brazil is not just about, oh, I like it, I want it, thank you. No, it's about um, to contribute for a preservation of a movement, for a preservation of uh, an identity, for a preservation of uh, African Brazilian presence and, uh, and uh, being part of um, a chain, I mean like a chain of needs, which comes from, I don't know, so the rent of that guy until the food of that guy or need for their families and everything. So this is something that when I am talking with um, my collectors or the collectors, I'm putting it very, 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 very sharp, like in a sharp position, because some people think that it's all, but is that a type of uh, humanitarian work then? No, it's not humanitarian because this is work. I mean, it has quality. It has like uh, uh, thought and research and newness. This is not humanitarian, but it's important to understand that this is a part of a chain that will provide a longer life for this artist and a longer life for this community and a longer life for what we represent as Afro-Brazilian people. So yeah, I try to, 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 to get my balance like this, you know, like discussing and uh, um, very in an open source. I mean, like uh, at HOA, we have um, another system of, uh, of shared sales. I mean, we don't take the majority of the money from the artist. The money take 60% and we take 40%. And also we are very, very, very into resale rights laws because we really want that this work become sustainable for the artist. So yeah, we have some internal systems to, 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 to connect all the places of this gallery to make it being uh, longer and bigger than a Black Lives Matter wave, you know? And the, to look at it in 20 years and see that there is many artists from some generations who came from that and they are very good in their own skin. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a Brazilian expression, like being good in their own skin or French, but so. Yeah, but I am the moderator here. Why are you making me questions? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I thought I could try some. Uh, yes. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, but it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But this is something that I was thinking too, um, and I would like to ask you, because um, when you, when you are dealing with collectors and uh, foreign collectors or collectors who are not close to Afro-Brazilian identity, we understand that there are few works, few works are a lot of works that they are more than beautiful. They can teach you, they can give you some new perspective and knowledge about something. I would like to, I mean, I don't know if you feel comfortable about it because she's a huge artist, but. For me, the best example at HOA Wow. Is it me? No, I guess. No, no, I think it's Iki. Let's just Maybe wait some she... seconds. Yes. I come back. 
Maybe she had a trouble with her connection. I'll just read. There's a question here, like while we wait her. Wow. Wow. Oh, she left. Yes. Okay. I, Maybe she had I, trouble. Maybe we can just go. There are two questions here. Yes. Uh, in the chat. Maybe we can try to answer them while we okay. wait. For... Uh, it's see. a question by... It's a question by Josette Bailey. I hope I, I pronounce it properly. Uh, Josette Bailey, she asks, how do we, how do we African Americans, familiarize ourselves with Afro-Brazilian artists of the past and present when we are not in Brazil? Carol, você quer? Ah, se você quiser responder, eu estou formulando aqui, estou pensando. Tá. Okay. Ah. So, José, I guess uh, at the moment it's not super complicated to do some research online. Of course, it, may, it might be tricky, but uh, there are some students that have been doing an interesting work uh, with this memory. And so I think you could easily find some names if you're rich on Museu Afro Brasil webpage, uh, especially if you're working or interested in more historic work. Uh, of course, not all of, of course, these, these institutions are not selling institutions. I mean, they're not galleries, they're institutional spaces but you can get some sort of like uh, familiar, you, get, you can get familiarized with their names and then later move on. Uh, Pinacoteca São Paulo is also an interesting space to find names and to understand a little bit more about the history and even uh, Maspi. Most of my understanding or I'm more familiar with artists, like contemporary artists that live, black contemporary artists that live in Sao Paulo, Rio, some of them in Salvador. There is also something that is important to, to mention that uh, both me and Carol, we live in Sao Paulo. And so yes. uh, the way how we see the circuit or how we look to the market or how we look to the institutions is really based on the city that we live in and that kind of where we were raised. And uh, maybe if you have a conversation with artists, with black curators from Salvador or from, I don't know, maybe San Luis do Maranhão, their answers might be completely different from ours. Uh, and there are a few emblematic catalogs or exhibitions that can help you to navigate a little bit. Oh, because there is a second question that she asked how to know more about Black Brazilian artists and not yet, and so that we gravitate to them and not to the white ones. Uh, I guess this also takes us to a very complex and complicated question that is the difference, how we deal with race in Brazil and how we do with race in the US. Oh, she's back. <laughs> Hello, welcome I'm back, back Kiki. <laughs> Whoa. 
I was in Neptune and then now I'm here. I don't know what's happening. With my connection, sorry about that. Oh my God, good energy. No, don't worry, don't worry. Uh, we, oh. we just took the chance to answer, to start to answer. Uh, but we can continue from where we stopped when you left. I mean, I don't know what's, what was the last thing that you heard from me. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> now you're killing me. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I forget because we start but, to but yeah, answer I, here. To, yeah, but I, but I remember what, what I was saying is that there's a lot of works that teach us a lot, that engage us a lot, that give us um, uh, another um, vision about the perspectives of a Brazilian art. And I was saying, telling uh, uh, about uh, Jota Mombasa's work, who is like uh, okay. uh, a great name of uh, Black conceptual art. And um, I was asking you to, 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 to share your impressions about Jota Mombasa's works, who, who is one of the artists that we are presenting at 154 right now. Uh, okay, like, okay. like, Carol, do you want to? No, uh, I'm thinking and thinking about, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the name, uh, the, sorry, let me see here. Uh, it's Josette is saying, uh, I'm thinking about, uh, What's the biggest challenge that you see, you both see Thiago and Iggy, and I can answer it too, <laughs> uh, for the world to understand the Afro-Brazilian art? And since you both had international experience, and how do you see uh, these issues? Uh, because Josette, we are... Uh, talking about the the difficult uh, of the foreign to know about the the Brazilian the Afro-Brazilian scenario, uh, so I think it's a good question to think about. Yeah, I mean that first of all, it's important to say that uh, since um, I don't know the past five or seven years. We didn't have those types of uh, international platforms before. I mean, uh, not just galleries, because I know that I am the first one, but, but even uh, how the institutions, like the Brazilian art institutions and the international institutions are like connected to black Brazilian curators to, to, to give them, to offer them um, um, more perspectives about for Brazilian art. And also, when you talk about like uh, the the editorial documents about it, I mean books and uh, and um, I don't know like uh, theses and this thing. So I think uh, your generation, you, uh, Carolina, Tiago, Anelio, Gianni Lima, Jota um, Mombasa, um, so many, many, and 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 even like Regina de Medeiros. There's many names of people who are working very, very, very hard. Uh, the past uh, 10, seven years to, 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 to create something that we can share with the world. 
So, so yes, I think this is this is this is the hardest. The platforms, the the, the connections, the, the 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 funding, the possibilities to to to, to organize. I mean, like we have. Can you imagine like a huge exhibition of Dalton Paula somewhere else outside Brazil and even like um, other artists like new girls like Luisa Ariadne, new boys like Peggy, Marlon. I mean, I think I think that uh, we, we have a lot of art, but we don't have uh, many platforms and people interested to connect with what we are doing here. So, yeah. Tiago, are you still there? Tiago yeah, sure. Uh, no, sure, sure, I'm here. Um, what, what you said, it's uh, about the lack of platforms or institutions, it's quite uh, true. I mean, there are a lot of people doing work. I mean, artists all over Brazil, I mean, artists, black artists all over the country who are producing their work but might face hard time to find uh, institutions, curators, or platforms, like places where they can display, where they can sell, where they can make their work circulate somehow. This is definitely uh, one of the biggest challenges. I guess that, I guess that um, language is a barrier when we, I guess I don't I don't know. You have an echo <laughs> at, yeah, your, yeah. at your sound. I, I think that the, the the lack of black artists who navigate, and I would say navigate, because just say that one speaks the language, it's, it's complicated. But I think that uh, the lack of, because of how, like I mean, some some, some very specific issues on how English is taught in schools here, how people get closer to English. Uh, I guess the English language is a barrier and kind of produce uh, some impossibilities or not impossibilities, but produce some troubles of access in the, in the country. And I think that's something that we one day have to talk about and try to understand how to reorganize this barrier. You know, I mean, uh, and, and most of the arts, especially young arts that I've been working with, I'm kind of like constantly mentioning the importance of uh, finding ways or fi figure out solutions to get closer to the language or to the English language, because it's also, it, it's a great tool uh, of connection with different black communities all over the globe. You know, it doesn't matter exactly where, uh, and also it's quite important to always remember that English doesn't belong to the US. I mean, you can use it as a tool to make your work circulate. Uh, and before, I guess, when, when, when Iggy uh, disappeared, she was talking about Jota, Jota Mombasa's work. Uh, Jota, Jota it, it's quite fascinating. I think she, uh, uh, their work produced some issues and questions uh, some sort of like essential notions of race, some essential notions of gender, of sexuality. I think that's kind of the, the where she departures from and her work has every month or I don't know, every year become more and more uh, 
opaque in a certain sense that it carries several layers of secrets. You know, I mean, the, when you think that she's doing this and she's doing that, when you think she's a performer, she's a writer. And as, as Iggy says, like, I mean, her, uh, I mean, we can call her like maybe as a, as a post-conceptual artist, you know, and, uh, and it's really interesting how she navigates through Brazilian history and connects in, in a global art scenario as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I agree, like, I, I agree a little bit when you say about like language barrier, but, but not, not that many because there's a lot of African countries who are not English speakers as well. And uh, I feel that they are much more organized than us. And I think 154 is a proof of it. Turia is it's is from Morocco, and 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 Moroccan people do not speak English. So, uh, but I think I think this is something that I think this is comes back to everything that we said in the beginning about this invisibilization process of colonialism in our cultural scene. I mean, like the colonialism, of course, is not just about like military power or I don't know, like. Uh, money, power, and this stuff. It's also about culture. It's also about the way that people see Afro-Brazilian art as something that really matters. I mean, like uh, we have like major institutions, major galleries putting uh, um, white Brazilians art uh, in front of everything that we did, of, of everything that we contribute for our nation. I mean, and putting ourselves only as a cultural popular manifestation of something like carnival. I mean, like if you look at carnival, you, 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 you can't, you can't deny that this is a manifestation of pure art. This is a manifestation of African diaspora, pure, pure art, of a performance, dance, colors, harmonies, compositions, dispositions, subjectivity, history, concept, everything. This is carnival. I mean, but why carnival is not celebrated as Oscar Niemeyer building? Why all the arts that I may are made like uh, that are made with um, um, Afro-Brazilians religions, um, substance and the essence are not celebrated like Tarsila do Amaral or the Tropicalia. Why people decide to celebrate Tropicalia around the world with Caetano Veloso and Mutantes and all this movement and not the art from Afro-Brazilian religions? I mean, I think I think that uh, the, the, this is this is something that we are we are suffering since uh, 500 years, and uh, this is something that people around, that black people around, or collectors of African art should know that it's more than just know something. When you when you know it, when you get it, when you collect it, you are endorsing, you are preservating. So I'm just repeating myself, but. But yes, this is this this is also what I think. You know, like we need to to analyze very well uh, why we are not that celebrated. If everything that is great in Brazil is touched by a black hand, music, food, culture—I mean, everything. Totally. Uh, I guess that uh, you wrote quite well this notion or this idea that the contemporary art scene or contemporary art market in Brazil in a certain sense, it's just like a mirror or how, of how unequal 
the country is, you know, a country that has been disguised as a very democratic or very equal in terms of race and through these years has been uh, murdering, raising, ignoring uh, the calls of different groups of in the society, like especially mostly uh, black and indigenous uh, artists. Um, I, I totally follow you, yeah. Yeah, and there is also, there is also something, um, if, yeah, of course that we have like this systemic environment but also when you're talking about artwork itself, um, this is why I asked it about Jota, is because there is many works and many productions who are like incredible connected to our heritage as Afro-descendants people. I mean, when you look at Kelton's works, like his research, it, it's around Yoruba teachings. I mean, this is, this is about Nigerian presence in Brazil. And he develops an entirely research of paintings inspired and made it with these teachings that he knew from his um, Afro-religion, Afro-Brazilian religion. And this is something that I think that people um, should um, understand as well. It is, it is not just about like we are putting more black bodies in the figures. There is also some kind of subjectivity of uh, the African descendants who are very present in the artworks of these artists, these contemporary artists too. Yes. Don't you think? Yes, uh, it's something, it's quite something Liza Maral uh, do in her work uh, to put the, the religion uh, so it's uh, completely abstract and it's 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 very interesting to to see how the new generation is doing uh, with this ancestrality and transforming it in the future you know yeah, yes, connecting yeah. to yourselves and bringing it back, no? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, completely. So I think we have a few questions here. No? You answered it yes. a lot or all these questions we have to answer? Yeah. No, no we haven't answered. I think we, we just answered two. And there's, yes. um, there's like a comment from someone following okay. your thoughts. It's a comment in Portuguese, like from Igor. Uh, I mean, there are a few questions we have to answer, or like some of them are more comments. Uh, but I, I guess okay. from Huda Mustafa on, we haven't okay. read. Okay, yeah. so I, I, I've lost my, my last question is, my first question is from Newt Pohl. So I've lost everything that was before. Mm -hmm. So, Olivia, uh, please, if you can, like, um, cut and, and like, control-C, control-V this here, please, just to, to be easier for me to follow the previous questions, it will be amazing. But now, here at Newt Poll, we have uh, the question, who are some new emerging Afro-Brazilian artists should we be looking at? Oh, my God. <laughs> There's so many. Yes, yes. <laughs> there is so many. Just to explain, Bo, I mean, like, Hoa is a gallery who 
which represents like 14 artists, but we have a network of more than 40 artists and curators around the country. I mean, there is a lot of people. Um, of course, that's now we have a um, few names uh, uh, getting some international um, exposure, like uh, Maxwell Alexandre and uh, Sonia Gomez, for example. But also we have a lot of uh, underrepresented artists who are producing great, 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 great works and artists who are also more connected with the institutional um, scene like Castiel Vitorino Campos and um, I don't know, we have so many names and we have uh, Jota Mombasa, we have Musa Micheli Maciusi, we have the Trovoa group, which are a great uh, collective of uh, uh, women of colors, like all artists. And it's, it's amazing, like a lot of uh, women's artists from all the country. We have Laisa Maral, who is doing great um, um, success um, right now in our gallery. And also Marlon Amaro, Kelton Campos. We have uh, Juliana dos Santos, who has like a great research on Bluetooth. I mean, Eloisa Arjani, who is like a very prodigy her generation. There's so many people. Suggest that you email me and I can send you a list <laughs> with a few names. So you would like to, to, to request some artists, Carolina and Tiago. Say it again. Say it again, please. Would you like to recommend some artists for Newt Paul? I just wrote in the chat uh, Juliana dos Santos, Rebecca Carapia, that I also yes. you mentioned. But I, as um, one fifty four just just wrote now here, I guess like I mean a great deal, a great idea would be to visit your web page because there are these. I mean, it, it's a great way to map the scene, you know? And then from those names, you can get to different places. No, I mean, I, I guess the, the arts that you're working with, they're quite interesting and um, it can yeah. help you to, it can help anyone to get at least a first notion of yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and also look at you, the diversity inside, the diversity itself, because Brazil yes. is a huge country. So the, back, the artistic background from an artist is from Sao Paulo is not the same of an artist is from Bahia and not from Minas Gerais. And all of these are, um, um, how can I say, like um, um, African roots during the, the, the slavery period. And all of this, you can, you can reach, you can see different types of identities connected to a diversity of identities that exist inside Africa. So yes, this is, this is interesting too. Um, Igor Weiss, uh, he said um, about the movementations of the art market, it's not just about money, but also the constructions and the reconstructions of subjectivities and possible futures uh, connected to uh, black practicals and the memories. So he asks us how, how we deal with that in the researches that we work with. I mean, I'm not curator, so I think it's better for you. 
Um, let me just check it again. Yes, me too. Okay, so uh, Igor, uh, I mean, although I, I have been in contact or with collaboration with some galleries like here or in other contexts that I'm, I have worked with, my main work or my main research is not basically in uh, commercial galleries. You know, I'm, uh, I have a close conversation with Iggy, but we have never really worked together in this sense. Uh, you know, I mean, I follow the artists that she represent or I follow some of the conversations, but uh, I'm not truly attached to, to, to this commercial face of, uh, of the circuit. Uh, I have been working mostly with public institutions or non-commercial institutions. And that's how I navigate and that's how I organize my research. I guess they are, I mean, in a certain sense, uh, they are not properly two different worlds, uh, but they have different, different approaches, I would say. Uh, and it's not about saying what's better, what's not better, especially if we're having this conversation here in this platform. It's more to understand uh, how to organize your work according to where you are, or how can you better work according to where you are, and, you know, according to the context, according to the situation. And of course, always trying to do that with a lot of ethic and respect for people's work and uh, interests. But uh, well, I, in a nutshell, I guess that one, or like a person always needs to know where he or she is working and with whom. You know, and so from that on, you can try to to map like a, a landscape of how you want to engage with, you know. Yes, I totally agree, Thiago, uh, because uh, I'm trying to to do to do this with my uh, works and research and how to. Uh, I don't know how to say, but how to, to connect uh, these uh, both institutions or the art market with my researches and something like uh, it's not only about me, but only about all of the artists that I um, that I work in the want to connect so so i agree with you yes. yeah um here we have like josette bailey saying first of all giving me her contact thank you so much gonna email you later and then also saying that i would say that you need a larger group of afro brazilians that have to push these areas Brazil, from my perspective, is not democratic, where Afro-Brazilians are concerned, which is why your voices are not heard. This is a very, very interesting topic because we are previously discussing it, like me, Carolina, and Tiago. And the thing is, like the social barrier, the class barrier, make 
harder to us to develop Afro-Brazilian, a range of Afro-Brazilian collectors, a range of Afro-Brazilian directors, museum directors, museum uh, owners or galleries and everything. So this is why uh, these questions is so sensible because when you look to the US, you have a huge community of black people in arts growing up every day. Same in Europe, same in Africa. When you look into Brazil, we have this class boundary that are not uh, helping ourselves to push ourselves. No, Tiago has a, has a great has a great theory about it to educate a new generation of black collectors and how important it is. Would like to share, Tiago, please. No, I, I mean, it's also part of a joke, but um, I guess the, the class barrier and the class issues uh, are kind of like, I mean, the main, maybe the main topic when we are discussing how Black art or Black Brazilian art circulates in the country, you know, I mean, due to like, I mean, historical problems or like, I mean, inequality. I mean, if inequality between black and white folks, it's always dramatic everywhere in the Americas. Uh, I, I would say that in, in Brazil, it just becomes like a nightmare, you know? Um, and so there's a very small number of black collectors, uh, black and brown collectors in the country, as, at least as the numbers I'm concerned about. You know, I mean, there, there's like a, a huge group of white collectors and these white collectors have been organizing the scene. They have been, uh, I would say, supporting a very problematic canon. Uh, and so I often mention this to Iggy that like, I mean, uh, we, we kind of like need to, to figure out possibilities of reorganizing this conversation once we have uh, higher number of black collectors also in the country and if this is going to take a i mean i, I wish i could just like reach my phone and call like neymar or some other black soccer players because there's a lot of money there uh but that's not really the case at the moment so that's also how or why we keep saying of the importance of reorganizing the connections or the networks among collectors in the US, like black collectors in the US, black collectors in the UK, black collectors in the African continent, because might be a way to reorganize the circulation uh, of practice, you know, and of support of fundings, uh, like, I mean, restructuring these, these networks, you know, because, and also, and again, that's why I kind of repeat the importance of like kind of learning I mean, it's very tricky, but because I have a crazy relationship with the language, but uh, learning English because might be a gate to reach some of these people. Uh, might be a gate to 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 foster the dialogue or the communication with these different communities. Uh, and English is the tool for this at the moment. Yeah. So, Carolina, something to say about? cultivating a new generation of Afro-Brazilian collectors. I think in 10 years, we will have a, a huge group. Yes, yes, uh, I hope so. <laughs> so, um, 
I I really don't know because uh, I'm thinking about uh, the education. Né? It's it's uh, it's it's something to to considerating because uh, when we talking about the the issues about the the difference about the classes, uh, I think the education is one of the the important thing to 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 considerate because um, when it when you think about the, the white people and studying in, uh, in East schools who, who the, the people learn about art since the young. Uh, and when we think about the public education, I think the, the, the huge black people are I'm studying uh, me as well. <laughs> I studied at a public uh, school, so I think uh, we need to 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 think about education uh, since the base to um, so how can I say? Because I think to 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 forming uh, this this black. Uh, these new black uh, collectors, it's it's to think the the, the art in the basis, no? yes. to think how to art is important to our development, to to understand the 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 world. Uh, and art it's about uh, it's about money. How something I can. I can buy a car or I can buy uh, an art. So maybe we can say to these people, it's important as, <laughs> as important to buy an art as to buy a car. Right? It's, it's, it's told some, it's tell something to the world. So I think a lot about uh, this issue and how to educate uh, uh, this base. Yeah, we have another question here from Ingrid okay. Lamas. On this topic, is Instagram and other social networks a possibility of cutting through these class barriers which you mentioned it? Or does it echo the system creating new kind of white slash privileged bubbles? In your experience, was Instagram an important tool for getting hurt, or was it just consequence of making yourself being hurt? Um, I'd love to hear you guys talk about how the online community can rebuild, rebuild artwork itself, or even deny its ways of working and silencing minorities, giving space and fortune only to a restricted group of people. So, yeah. Um, Ingrid, um, I think I think the internet it's 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 a great tool against these boundaries. Uh, my experience it's a little bit different because I come from communication background. So uh, before um, before 
got some followers on Instagram. I was working for major newspapers and magazines in Brazil. So my voice was always somewhere, but uh, not under my own name, under the name of the newspaper that I was working for. But, but I know that the way that I am building Hova, it's completely attached to the way that I develop my communication on social media and on the internet, because I use that to connect with new artists, to discover the work of new artists. Um, I spend a lot of time of my year in Europe. So um, sometimes, I, sometimes, most of the times, I use the social media to get into an artwork from an artist from Bahia, which I could not see here in Sao Paulo. So these connections are very important, but I feel that when you're talking about um, international reach, we get into this English speaking boundary too, because like I communicate myself in my Instagram in Portuguese. So yeah, of course I will not, even if I live in London, I will not be uh, completely connected with um, British English speaker people. Um, and yeah, but I think that internet, it's a way to build um, another, another, not just vision, but another system for art. Um, next month at HOA, we will announce that we will be the first Brazilian gallery to sell NFTs. And uh, this is thanks to internet. I'm a very digital person. I truly believe in, in, in the way of these new technologies can provide uh, more trackable security to artists' rights. But, um, I think that we have visibility in the sense of uh, visibility. I mean, see something, being viewed. But uh, I think the problem in our community in Brazil, and not just Brazil, but the Afro-Latin community is, is structure. I think this is this is what we miss most because, most, because we have the knowledge, we have the studies, we have the artworks, we have our researches, but we don't have structure to develop it. This, this is the, the, the hardest point, in my opinion. I, I don't know what you think, Tiago, Carolina. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, I agree. Like, I mean, there's a, there's a terrible problem of, uh, I mean, when we're talking the lack of like, black institutions or black artistic institutions you know you, yes there's there are plenty of artists or but there's a there's a lack of institutions who are truly interested in providing ground support for these young artists who are beginning you know instead of some sort of uh exploitation of their value uh while they are like i mean new in the circuit new in the market and i guess this also connects with what carolina was saying about education of the importance yes. of uh, uh a stronger educational system because I, I definitely i i mean the 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 quota system that was implemented by the state early in the 2000s had total influence on this number of black and indigenous 
uh, students who could access the universities, uh, the most yeah. prestigious universities in the country. Yes. And that for sure reflects the number of artists who are now able to produce uh, and able even to, to organize some sort of like criticism uh, to the white institutions, to white Brazilian institutions. Uh, but at the same time, as Iggy said, there's a lot of like a research, there's a lot of like a very interesting uh, practice, like cutting edge practice, but there's a lack of infrastructure, you know, because there's a lack of uh, funding and like, I mean, there's a lack of money in these uh, communities. Yes. No, I, I, I totally follow you, I guess. Yeah. Carolina? No, I, to I totally agree with you both because we, we said, I, I think, everything <laughs> about. So, uh, to finish, Josh, uh, I think, uh, I really believe that internet is a great platform uh, for voice to emerge because, uh, especially in Brazil, when we have a few galleries, institutions, and well, all of this, this scenario uh, that not welcome artists, curators, and other Black agents. So uh, internet, it's, it's a platform to, 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 to this voice, to, to say something to the world. So I, I really believe uh, in the internet as a platform to 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 raise voice to connect and to to build his own his own I don't know how to say his own his own voice his own wow I think it's so mm. yeah so um someone has any question uh we are yeah, we arrived to you until the end. It's already like um, two, three, three sixteen. So quite late. Um, so I would like to to thank you, you both, Carolina and Tia, for being here. I would like to to to, to make a a last announcement or a last sentence of something. I would like to thank you, uh, Iggy, and one fifty-four to invite. It was a great uh, afternoon with you, and thank you for all of stay here and talking with us. It was very nice. Thank you, Thiago. Hey, uh, Iggy, thank you again. It was fun. It was nice to talk together. Uh, always inspiring to, to see how you're organizing your ideas. Carol, again, super nice to see you here. And thank you for everyone who came, who, like I mean, asked the questions. And I mean, these questions, although we answered, I guess, most of them, uh these answers are never really finished you know i guess they are if they are asked to us maybe 
in one month from now, we might be able to bring different answers or different perspectives. I just believe that uh, what is still like quite fixed and still a reality is the necessity of creating connections beyond the Brazilian context, like, I mean, with different actors of like, I mean, the black diaspora in the world as a way to make this practice more sustainable uh, and not only some sort of like fuss that will fade within a year. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Tiago, Carolina, and Carolina with an accent. <laughs> uh, thank you, 154, for this invitation. Thank you for this uh, edition. Would like to say for everyone who is present here uh, to start to think uh, how can we celebrate African art ignoring the largest African diaspora in the world? I mean, let's think about Black Lives Matter abroad. Let's think about Pan-Africanism artsy practicals to being together and supporting each one's because you are our heritage and we are part of what you are. So would like to thank you, Camille, Olivia, Paula, Shukran Bezafturia also. And uh, thank you so much. That's it. Goodbye. Bye.